everybody. Welcome back to Q-Tips. We are the Video Store Junkies and we are back once again to bring you a few selections to watch over the weekend on streaming. And we're going to get right into this and I'm going to throw it to Paul. Why, thanks Renee. So my first recommendation is a classic film that I have somehow missed watching. It's always been on my list, I just never got around to watching it. Well, now I have. Back in the early 60s, uh, Roger Corman did what he called his Poe Cycle, which was a series of horror films that were based on, uh, very loosely based on, Edgar Allan Poe stories. Um, often he just kept the title and maybe a title of a character or two. Every once in a while he kept the plot. Uh, and so this one well, just is was based on a poem, so there really wasn't much there, though there is some connection. It's The Raven, starring Vincent Price, Peter Lorre, Boris Karloff, Hazel Court, and a very young Jack Nicholson. And uh, it was Richard, written by Richard Matheson, the great Richard Matheson. And uh, shortly before that, uh, Richard Matheson and Roger Corman had done Poe's Tales of Terror, which was an anthology that had one sequence that had Peter Lorre and Vincent Price, and it was a comedy. And they said, it would be fun if we did an entire film like that. And that's what The Raven is. It's a horror comedy. It's very goofy. Um, and you have Peter Lorre and Vincent Price and Boris Karloff playing wizards in, I think, like the 1500s. And it's a wizard's duel. And uh, there's some seek there's some connection there because Hazel Court is the not-so-lost Lenore. And she is so wonderful in this. She just, she is, she is... Just well, it's a little bit of a spoiler, but she's delight, delightfully wicked in this. It's great, and uh, I think the one who they all seem to be having a good time. The one especially who has the most time, fun, though, is Peter Lorre. Apparently, he improvised a lot of his lines, which kind of threw off Karloff a bit, but uh, was seriously fun. Uh, it's just goofy. It's silly. I mean, it starts off with Peter Lorre, who had been turned into a raven by Boris Karloff trying to tell and, and he tries to tell Vincent Price how to change him back and uh, various and sundry things happen just super fun oh where can I watch this Paul why good question you can watch it either on Amazon Prime or where else but Tubi highly recommend it super fun stuff uh, really really enjoyable so that's the Raven and uh, speaking of uh, Wizards, I'll pass this to Bill Mulligan. Why, thank you. So I've got a couple of movies that I think, I'm not entirely sure, but I'm pretty sure they have the same twist ending, which I'm going to spoil. But they're both from like 1958, 1962. So, I mean, if you haven't seen them by now, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. 1958, Roger Corman's really low, low budget movie, Teenage Caveman which is a stupid-ass title, and even Roger Corman wasn't too happy about that. He had some fancy-schmancy thing. And um, Teenage Cavemen is about a, a bunch of cavemen back in the day, and Robert Vaughn, who looks like he's about 37 years old, he was 26. The important thing is he was in no way, shape, or form a teenager at this point, plays, <laughs> plays a teenage caveman. And uh, these folks, this is a rough life. They're, they're living a tough life there. Uh, there's not a whole lot to hunt. There's things that try to eat them. And right across the river is this beautiful place where there's like deer and antelope playing and, and just, just waiting, you know, melons dripping from the trees, just waiting to be plucked. But their religion, their law says they cannot cross the river for therein lies death and the monster that, that deals death with but a touch. 
But he's a teenager and he's not going to listen to this crap for long. So he leads his friends over there and stuff happens. They fall into quicksand. Looks a lot like oatmeal. And and all kinds of bad things happen. And of course, the elders of the tribe are like, I told you that would happen. But he's, you know, he's the teenage caveman. And he's trying to trying to convince these, these well, I mean, let's just say it, Neanderthals to, um, you know, look beyond their limited ways. And, you know, these religions, these old things, da, 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 da. It's really, really earnest. I mean, boy, they are playing this 100% straight. And I got to admire that because it's pretty dopey. Oh, there's lots of dinosaurs, but you've seen them before because you've watched a movie from the 1950s that had scenes from 1 million years BC, just a bunch of poor lizards with frills glued on them, forced to fight each other to the death. They should have had a big thing at the end said, many animals were harmed in the making of this movie. Ah, yeah. So there's that. Now, here's the big twist ending. They finally find the creature who kills with but a touch and they kill him. And it turns out it's just an old man in a suit. It's it was a suit that used to like protect him from radiation because and, and he has a book. And when they open the book, there's pictures of like New York City and stuff. It's like, oh, my God, this this isn't the past. This is the future. But I don't really think it is because then the dead guy has a voiceover. And he starts describing how this all happened. There was a great war. It goes on and on. For a dead guy, he's really loquacious. <laughs> and and then he, he's like, I can only hope that people of the future will learn from this. I'm like, ah, you know what? I think this is the past. This It's it's the past. We So, you know, we had cavemen and uh, there weren't any dinosaurs. And then, you know, things happened and uh, then they blew it all up. That's us. And now this is the future, I think. And and it's going to happen again. But this time, you know, the radiation caused lizards to become dinosaurs and stuff. It happens. So, yeah, does it take pla- does it take place in the past or the future? I don't know. Anyway, it's it's a lot of fun. If this costs more than one hundred dollars, Roger Corman must have been tooting it up his nose that no budget at all the cave the cavemen have the most modern haircuts you can imagine. Robert Vaughn looks like Robert Vaughn. He was not going to get shaggy and caveman-like for this cheapy movie. He also considered it not just the worst movie he was ever in. Nay, nay, no. He he believed it was the worst movie ever made. Which is an awfully bold statement. I I actually like it. So there you go. Teenage Caveman. It's on. Tubi, Roku, AMC. I seriously doubt that Roger spent the money necessary to keep this from falling into the public domain. So you could probably just stream it from your house. Yep. 1958's Teenage Caveman. Bill says, check it out. And speaking of things you should check out, I'll send this to... You thought I was going to say Renee, but I'm going to say Zach. <laughs> uh, yeah, there, there are a lot of transitions we can't make to Renee. We can only make to each other. It's mm-hmm. unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, uh, you know, uh, I also... Well, actually, uh, you know, we just did a whole episode on the greatest unmade movies ever. And uh, speaking of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, this is something I recently found out. Uh, did you guys know that Jason Eisner, the guy who made Hobo with a Shotgun, you guys have seen Hobo with a Shotgun, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he w- he wanted to make a Casey Jones movie, and it kind of breaks mm. my heart <laughs> that that never happened, because that would have been amazing. Um, anyways, uh, so yeah, speaking of uh, movies that came out this summer, I've actually got a recommendation, too. And you guys are probably going to scoff at this one, uh, especially Bill... Um, but I'm going to go to bat for this movie. I mean, Bill Scott said everything, so that doesn't really narrow it down. But um, I'm not, I don't know if I'm going like, to go to bat saying this is a great movie, but it was a fun movie. And I think that uh, a lot of the 
a lot of the, the the situations surrounding it kind of overshadowed the movie itself. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to recommend 2023's The Flash. Um, there's uh, yeah, I know it's crazy. Uh, you know, there's a lot of weird stuff about this movie. Yeah, the special effects are weird. Um, you can tell like they went back and wanted to, I guess, like have this whole sequence that's kind of integral to the film, but they couldn't get the actors back, so they had to, like, CGI them all in. It's really weird. Um, but it's also, a, a, like I said, it's just a fun movie. Uh, most importantly, you can tell that Michael Keaton is having a lot of fun in this movie, and it's really fun to watch him. Uh, you can tell that he's, like, really happy to uh, just be putting, putting the old bat suit back on. Uh, that's great. Uh, yeah, the, the, uh, the, the, the leading, uh, actor in this film, uh, there's obviously some unpleasantness, unpleasantness surrounding them. Uh, sure, whatever. Um, so, I don't know. I, I thought it was fun. I thought it was actually a pretty well movie. Uh, pretty well movie. Uh, I, I've, <laughs> you probably shouldn't listen to me. I obviously have extreme brain damage, but, um, no, uh, you know, this was also, this was also directed by Andy Muschietti, who did the, the it movies, which I really enjoyed, so um, I don't know. It's it's a it's a fun movie. Uh, I don't know what else to say about it. Even if you haven't really like watched any of these other movies, uh, if, if you're not uh, necessarily a huge fan of superhero films, I think it's still worth checking out. I will also say, I'm sure everything's been spoiled by this point, but there are a couple little Easter eggs and cameos in here that were not spoiled for me until I watched the movie, and they're actually really great. Also, I will say. It's worth uh, just watching just to see Michael Shannon back as General Zod because I think he makes a friggin' amazing villain, and uh, I wish we'd gotten more of him in uh, some of these movies. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm recommending the Flash. That's it. I'm doing it. Uh, you say what you will. Uh, it's on Max, and uh, yeah, check it out. And uh, speaking of uh, great villains, uh, I will pass <laughs> it over to Renee. Well, thank you very much. I will say I do love Michael Keaton. It might be worth it for that. And Michael Shannon, that would be pretty great. So I could probably overlook. Watch it. Watch it for the, watch it for the Michaels. That's that's what it. Yes, there you go. I like it. So you know, a couple weeks ago, I recommended The Meg, and mm-hmm. you guys might be thinking to yourself, "Wow, that movie was wild. It's like <laughs> the Fast and the Furious of short movies." <laughs> And I love it so much, I can't wait to watch another one. Uh-oh. Well, you're in luck, because The Meg 2 is now on streaming. Yay. I know you're all super excited about yeah, it. Yeah, I, <laughs> I saw it last night. <laughs> so, our friend, Oof. Jason Statham, who is Jonas, also known as the star of the music video Run to the Sun by Erasure, Jonas is... He's hanging out. Things are going well. They're doing all these environmental studies and they're just, things are just going really well. The little girl uh, who was in the first movie, Sophia Kai, her name in the movie, I believe, was Mei Ying. She came back. So that was fun. A few other people came back, but not all of them. Spoilers? I don't know. Anyway, but that is the thing. I don't want to give away too much, but. They're down there. They're doing their environmental work. They're trying to save the planet. And they run into all sorts of crazy and bad things. Like human. Humans are really the ultimate bad thing. But I digress. (laughs) You know that Jason Statham. He is capable of doing just some amazing things. And (laughs) 
He's just so talented. And uh, yeah, so this is The Meg 2. I think everybody should watch this movie, and you can watch it on HBO Max, because I will never call it Max. <laughs> and on that note, I'm going to pass this back to Paul. Why, thanks, Renee. And and I do actually want to uh, second, second The Meg 2, in spite of uh, derision, possibly from other folks. I thought it was super fun. Super stupid. I mean, uh, I could feel my brain cells dying um, as I was watching it. It sort of felt like a combination of doing meth while simultaneously huffing paint and uh, drinking bleach, but in a good way. I, I loved it. So, um, But anyway, this one doesn't, my next film does not involve giant sharks or Jathan Statham or uh, drinking bleach or meth, and but... It is, instead, it does deal with teenagers, so that's kind of tangential. It's uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. So that came out this summer, and uh, one of the writers was Seth Rogen, but it's actually uh, a, a, dare I say, wholesome film. It's super fun. It is uh, animated, and it's animated in the style. Um, it's obviously inspired by the Spider-Verse style, but this one feels a little bit more like, almost like claymation instead. Um because the the way the characters are shaped, they're, they're it's very kind of very rough. In fact, the human characters look a little bit more mutant than the mutants do because they're the human characters tend to be a little asymmetrical in this. Just super fun. And what's great about it is they actually feel like teenagers because they got young people to do the characters. They're they're really great. Um, just it's it's really fun stuff. Even if you're not a, a long term Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle fan, if you want to watch a, a fun action comedy I, I highly recommend it uh ao adebri plays april o'neill and she's wonderful in this um and like a lot of a lot of modern day things they, they the other secondary characters are celebrities but they do a great job you got maya rudolph seth rogan uh, natasha demetru from what we do in the shadows giancarlo esposito jackie chan uh, paul rudd ice cube post malone hannibal burris yeah, it's it's really fun. Um, even have even have Mr. Beast in there as a cameo. But hey, it's still worth watching. It's it's super fun. Oh, and where's this one playing? Why it's playing on Paramount Plus? It is well worth catching. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Ma'am, and passing it on to somebody who is not a mutant, Bill Mulligan. <laughs> well, thank you. Well, that was from 1963. Good stuff. A year earlier, a film was released. That is. It's it's really unique. It really is. No no joking, no snarkiness or anything. They used to play this upstate New York on Saturday morning a whole lot. It's one of the talkiest damn movies ever made. It's really, really cheap, and yet it just has a weird fascination. I'll, I'll give it no higher praise than this. This was Andy Warhol's favorite movie. It's 1962's The Creation of the Humanoids. So, check it out. Opens up with a bunch of atomic bombs going off. Yep, there's been another war, probably maybe the one that created the teenage caveman. And uh, as a result, there's a lot of infertility. And they talk about how the birth rate has fallen to a number that is actually higher than it is now. So get ready, folks. <laughs> Humanoids are on the way. Um, people, you know, there's not enough workers, so they create robots. And they show, like, stock footage of Robbie the robot and then other robots. And finally, we get to the humanoids, which are basically humans, but they have bluish skin and really cool metal eyes. Very, very neat. And they're bald. Um, and they are kind of taken over. They, they're very intelligent. They, they meet regularly to exchange information. And this has created a backlash. And there is a, um, 
a fascist organization, the Order of Flesh and Blood, and they meet in these large hallways in front of big crowds. Okay, we don't actually see the big crowds. This is a very low-budget movie, but trust me, there's a lot of people. And this one guy who's like the head of it, and this guy, is he is such a fascist that he could probably get a standing ovation in the Canadian Parliament. He is he's really trying to, you know, eliminate all the humanoids, make them go back to looking like robots. And wouldn't you know it, his sister invites him to lunch. Turns out she's married one. Awkward. So that's kind of cool. And he meets a woman who is like totally opposed to everything he stands for. And of course, they fall in love. Can these crazy kids make it work? Stuff happens, but very slowly. I mean, this, like I said, this is a talky film. It's got a lot of philosophy, a lot of folks. They just didn't have the money for the action. But here's the thing. It's gorgeous. They hired a cinematographer, kind of an old Hollywood guy, probably near retirement and or death, but he still knew his chops. So he filmed this really, really well. He had that, there's that Hollywood skill they had back then of lighting that you could make everyone look good. You know, it just, and and this is in color and it's gorgeous color for a cheap ass movie. And when you look at the poster, it's like, man, this, this looks like it was made in someone's backyard, a black and white poster for a gorgeous color movie. Go figure. Also, and this was their big coup. They hired Frank Pierce to do the makeup. He's the guy who created the Frankenstein monster, the Karloff's Frankenstein monster and did Dracula and Cheney's the Wolfman. This was the universal guy. This is the one who did all those great makeups. And for all this, he was rewarded by being unceremoniously fired in the 1950s. They just dumped him because, you know, his old school techniques took too long. Sons of bitches. He came, he came out of retirement and did this. He had those really cool, horrifying uh, contact lenses that covered your entire eye and, oh. and must have been like a, a torture from the Spanish Inquisition. But they look really cool in this movie. Okay, so, spoiler alert. We get to the end. It turns out, and, and you know, you start thinking, how many movies ripped off this film? Because you get near the ending, and guess what? Our, our fascist hero and his girlfriend are actually humanoids. Yes, they are the latest generation of humanoid robots that are so lifelike that they don't even know they're humanoids. They're basically like Blade Runner here. Yeah. And, um, and, but, but it gets better. He's like, well, you're, and there's another step and we want to, you know, we want to experiment on you. We want to give you the operation that will actually allow you to be the first humanoids who can actually procreate. Huh? Huh? They can have little little humanoids running around and growing up to be bigger humanoids, and they're, and they're and they're like, yeah, that sounds like a great idea, and and the movie's kind of swelling up, and then they totally break the fourth wall. The doctor who's been describing all this turns, looks at the camera, looks you straight in the eye, and says with a smirk, "Of course, the operation was a success, or you wouldn't be here." <laughs> oh my gosh! It was all set in the past. Damn. So Teenage Caveman was in the future and Humanoids was in the past or maybe not. I don't know. Who knows how many times this has happened. World without end. It's just an endless cycle of us blowing ourselves off and either having to fight dinosaurs or being turned into self-procreating robots. Pick your poison. Yeah, that I saw that when I was like oh, 10 years old or something. I'm like, oh, whoa, that really just blew my little mind. I <laughs> I miss shows like The Twilight Zone and everything where you know, every, oh, t- every time it was a twist ending. And I was, I, I was young enough at the time that I didn't realize that there's only like four twist endings. And right. you, just, you just have to cycle through them. I never saw it coming. It's like, oh, man, they were on Earth the whole time. Yeah, okay. But, yeah, 
Creation of the Humanoids, 1962. Where can you see this masterpiece? See if you agree with, uh, who did I say this is? Uh, Andy Warhol. Andy Warhol, yeah. I was gonna, I, I kept wanting to say Andy Dick. I'm like, damn, I know that's not right. <laughs> I, I definitely don't agree with Andy Dick about anything. No, so. no, that would not be a recommendation. It's on AMC. Uh, it's on Tubi, of course. It's on AMC. It's on Pluto, Shout, Plex. You could buy, you could rent it from Amazon, but why in God's name would you do that when you can get it, you know, perfectly good on Tubi? It looks great. So anyway, Creation of the Humanoids, 1962. And uh, speaking of someone who has almost achieved a lifelike sentience, I send this off to Zach. Hello, Bill Mulligan. Um, <laughs> so yeah, my second movie is a pick that uh, is, it's one of those movies that I've heard people say great things about for many, many years, and I actually just recently watched it. And uh, it's pretty enjoyable. I, I, I know people, I think there are some people who are like, this is like their favorite movie ever. I don't know if I'd go that far, but it was a, it was a fun movie. Uh, it's a bit of, of, a, of a mystery set in the uh, 14th century. It's about a monk and uh, his, his uh, novice uh, apprentice who... Are, uh, they go to this, uh, I guess it's like a secluded abbey, and uh, people start dying. And uh, the monk who is a, I guess he's he's a, almost a precursor to a, almost a Sherlock Holmes type character, because uh, he has great detective skills, so he starts trying to uh, solve these murders. Uh, the monk is played by Sean Connery, and uh, his, his apprentice is played by Christian Slater. The name of the movie mm-hmm. is the Name of the Rose from 1986. Uh, it's based on a novel which I have not read, but I know people are also obsessed with the novel. Um, it's a, it's one of those movies they just don't make anymore, uh, probably with good reason because I'm sure this would bomb at the box office if you made it today. But it's a really fun movie. Uh, Sean Connery's great, and obviously it's also got uh, supporting uh, roles by F. Murray Abraham and a pretty early role uh, by Ron Perlman. So. Uh, check it out. It's it's fun. It's uh, yeah. It's got mystery. It's got murder. Uh, it's got monks. It's got the three M's of uh, great cinema. So um, this one is playing on Prime Video, uh, the Roku channel, Hoopla, Tubi, and Plex. And uh, I, yeah, I was gonna say, uh, speaking of someone who's taken a vow of chastity, but um, <laughs> but I, since I'm not passing over to Bill or. Uh, Paul, wow. I, will, I will say, uh, speaking of people with uh, amazing detective skills, I will pass it over to Renee. Oh, honestly, it would have. Well, never mind. It wouldn't have been <laughs> the least accurate thing in the world. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> oh, so, my next movie is directed by Bradley Parker. He also did another movie called The Chernobyl Diaries. I don't know if anybody's seen that. I think it's on Tubi, so you might not have, but. I. I actually, I, so that's one of those movies I'm actually not sure if I've seen it or not. Same. Like, 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 like I've, I've seen it a couple times uh, on various streaming services, and mm-hmm. each, every time I see, I look at it, I'm like, did I see this? I somehow, yeah. I don't, I just don't know. Because it's one of those movies like, mm. oh, Chernobyl, like Chernobyl found footage, yeah, of course, yeah. like I'm in. Mm-hmm. But then I look at it, I think, did I already watch this? And inevitably, because <laughs> I'm, I'm on my way to something else. And then I yes, see it exactly. there and it's like, yeah, and I never go back. I never go back. Never. But it's always there waiting. It is. Well, if I don't know. I might watch it and recommend it uh, next week. So mm. I guess we'll find out. Or I'll not recommend it and we'll all know why. So... <laughs> 
this movie once again is for uh, from Bowdley Parker and it follows a group of adventurers and researchers from this local university who have come in to investigate this abandoned mine they're really trying to figure out you know what exactly happened why the mine has been abandoned and what's you know just the whole thing it's it's been enclosed so it's you know kind of one of those situations where they don't let people in that's very closed off and of course they managed to find someone in town that would take them to this mine and they managed to get in so they're exploring and of course you know they run into some creepy crawly creatures uh that are lurking below and it's you know so okay listen <laughs> it's not the worst movie it's not the best <laughs> movie but it's not bad <laughs> <laughs> that's a poster that's a poster quote if there ever was one. Oh, yeah. it's not the worst movie <laughs> <laughs> i mean and I'm, I'm making it sound probably worse than it is there's some parts of it that are pretty good and i feel like there's some components that really have some potential but then there's some parts where it just doesn't quite work and i think much like the meg 2 there's always some scenes when you're just yelling at the screen so there are some of those moments but you know, I'm going to recommend it anyway. <laughs> and the movie is called <laughs> The Devil Below. And of course, you can watch it on Tubi. It might be other places, but I got to be honest, I didn't look. Right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good. And I always give you shit about not being dedicated. So I'm just projecting. Is really oh, fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. So I think that's all we have. Well, I I have oh. I'd like to I'd like to just make one other suggestion. Yeah. Which if if uh, you listened last week or the week before last, probably you've already heard this. But if you didn't, uh, I'd just like to suggest that you start watching all of the Friday the Thirteenth movies because uh, if you're not already aware, uh, there is a Friday the Thirteenth this October. Uh, actually, I guess a week after this uh, episode goes live. And mm -hmm. we will be airing an entire series, or an entire series. It's going to be a two-parter. Um, but we're going to be talking about and ranking the entire Friday the 13th series. Uh, I know that they're all, like, uh, the, the rights got weird after the eight, part eight. Uh, I think a lot of them are on Max. I'm sure you can find a lot of the other ones, uh, you know, wherever. I don't know. Uh, I haven't really done the research on this. But yeah, uh, check them out and then join <laughs> us uh, starting Friday the 13th, October 13th, 2023. Uh, to see how our rankings uh, match up to yours. I like it. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm more excited to talk about these movies than I was to watch uh, most of them. So. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> is that not the truth? <laughs> totally. But we're going to have a good time. It's going to be good. Oh, my gosh. So uh, I think that's all we have. And I know we're kind of changing our outro. So does anybody have anything to freestyle rap? Or <laughs> or do we just want to say good night? <laughs> Please come back. Yeah, please come back. We promise not to <laughs> sing anymore. There you go. <laughs> For the weekend of October 6th, Bill recommended Teenage Caveman, available on Pluto, Tubi, DirecTV, and the Roku channel, and The Creation of the Humanoids, available on Tubi, Pluto, DirecTV, and Plex. Paul recommends The Raven, available on Prime Video and Tubi, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem, available on Paramount+. I recommended The Devil Below on Tubi and The Meg 2 on HBO Max. 
Zachary recommended the name of the rose, available on Prime Video, Tubi, Hoopla, and Plex, and The Flash, available on HBO Max. Okay, so Friday, we'll do Friday the 13th, that makes sense. Yep. And I have everyone's rankings, except for one person, you know who you are, I'm not going to name... <clears throat> name, name. Damn, I can't I'm believe Paul didn't get you his ranking yeah, I know. yet. That's wow. crazy. Shame on, shame on him. Hey, look, yeah. look I, I, some of us haven't even finished watching all the movies again. So, You know, Zach, this is one of those series where you could fake it and no one would be the wiser. Uh, <laughs> you're oh, not w- wrong. Was this the one where Jason kills a bunch of teenage people? Yeah. Uh-huh. Isn't, yeah. This, the, isn't this the one with the flimsy plot and the... Uh, no. Yeah. 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 It's the one with the fake ending. Isn't this the one with the final in the title and it's not actually the final movie? No. <laughs> when I'm watching movies for this, like I I feel like I have to be 100% focused 100% of the time, you know, so I can take good notes and make good comments. But man, I am struggling with some of these. Yeah, it was like I had wa- I thought I had only watched like maybe five of them and then realized I had watched like eight of them. <laughs> it was like, where did they go? Yeah, these, oh. these are really meant to be consumed in bite-sized chunks once a year. Like, like yeah. you know, one, once a year you think you get that idea in your head. You know what I could really go for? A bucket of KFC, Kentucky Fried Chicken, mm-hmm. that big old greasy bucket. And then you get it, and by the end of the night, you're disgusted with yourself. You're, you're, you're feeling ill, and, and your arteries are screaming, and you're like, oh, that's right, this is awful. This is absolutely <laughs> awful. And then a year later, you get that idea again. That's how you should watch a Friday the 13th movie. And that's why they spaced them out the way they did, because they knew this would happen. But there you are. 